That hasn't happened too often this year. The Lakers most days have been just a depressing mess of a team that's very talented, should be trying a little harder and just doesn't give you the result they wanted. But tonight they got a W over the Sacramento Kings on the road 117 to 92. And it was powered by Russell Westbrook, some incredible bench contributions, Malik Monk, Dwight Howard, Wayne Ellington was doing a lot of the little things. And even Rajon Rondo came in and put in a really good shift in the third. And it was the third quarter that put us over the edge. Whereas if you've been watching this team, the third quarter is often where we dig ourselves a hole. Um, it was just an overall commitment to playing proper fucking basketball, honestly, on both ends. And it came alive in the second half. Uh, we suffered through a really garbage first half. where all the same things that have been happening all year. They just keep on happening. Turnovers, lazy defense, bad rebounding. Russell Westbrook not hitting his layups. Frank not doing any favors with these rotations. It was a recipe for another depressing Laker viewing experience, essentially. But the third quarter came. It was like night and day, essentially. And like I said before, it was powered by Russell Westbrook. And today's guest could not have come on at a better time. This is my buddy Clayson. And just met him recently, but he's a really big Russell Westbrook fan. Followed him in OKC and has followed him through the other places in his career. Good to have you on today, man. How you doing? Doing very well, Mateo. Uh, glad to be here. Big night for Russ. Good, good to be a Russ stan uh, on this day, for sure. We've been um, talking about having you on for a little bit, and I was wondering, okay, is he going to come on, and is Russ going to play bad, or is he going to play good, and how's that going to go? And First this of is all, night, Russ never plays bad. And this uh, is always a night, plays fantastic. This is a night where he played good, and he's been playing good for like six games, honestly, about six or seven games now. It's been really great to see, man. Um, let me get your thoughts on the game. What did you see tonight? You know, what were your thoughts? Yeah, so I definitely think um, it was a terrible first half. Like, you really you really nailed that garbage first half. It was mm -hmm. har very hard to watch. Uh, you know, coming from uh, watching Nets-Knicks straight over to the Lakers game, pretty tough to watch, especially when, you know, war you know this Warriors-Suns game is like, 18 to 15, six minutes left in the first quarter. You know what I mean? Everybody's just like doing their job and making basketball shots. You, you look at the Lakers and they're like, R Russell Westbrook is dribbling haphazardly through the paint. No one's making a cut. The bigs are just standing there and you're just like, what am I watching? Like, this is not, this is not good basketball. Um, please try harder Lakers. Mm -hmm. And then they just do in the second half. And uh, I don't know the, Main difference, obviously, uh, Russell Westbrook played essentially the entire third quarter. He went out, he started the third quarter, went out at 113. Um, and during the third quarter, like you said, um, absolutely surged. You know, they go from being down 11 or 12 at halftime to um, being up like eight points um, at, at the peak in the third quarter and then just pulled away. Um, Russell Westbrook ends up sitting down with half the fourth quarter left, you know, jobs done, like sending the backups. Like, so it was good to see, um, his intensity really, uh, I sort of felt like it was lingering there, you know, the rest report here, but, uh, he was lingering with the energy all night was getting nothing back from his teammates in the first half. You know, that's, that's, how, that's how a Russ stand sees Laker games. Um, and, uh, he really just like kept at him. He must've gave him like a big fiery halftime speech, um, or like threaten their lives. I'm not sure which. And, um, 
they just played for him in the second half and it was great to see um you know he had a few bad jump shots um what you know wasn't a good shooting night for him um a lot of the bad looks that he had at the rim i felt like were bailout passes that he got from teammates who had like fucked something up earlier in the possession anyhow mm-hmm. um i got the stats pulled up right here westbrook was four seven from the line nine to 21 overall one of five from three plus 12 didn't actually accrue a triple double but this was probably his i'd say his best game of the year other than yeah. if you watch the pistons game um the lakers had a really solid third quarter we had lebron that game i forgot to mention no lebron this game he is in health and safety protocols so he his status is kind of up in the air for the next 10 days um i thought russ actually didn't play that well in the first half but in the third i kind of felt a run coming um he just started getting a lot more aggressive going to the rim. And once he starts hitting his little bank shot, he starts, you know, kind of feeling good about himself. The second half was, I thought, where it really um, changed, obviously, man. Uh, yeah, I think, think, I think the, you know, the team started moving on offense. And that, and that was a big part of it. You know, first half, not a lot of movement. Um, That's really been stagnant. a really big problem for the Lakers all year. And it, yeah. a lot of that turns into Russ trying to force the issue and do something. He'll throw himself into a crowded paint. And refs are less likely to give out fouls this year, too. So that's, you know, that kind of burns them. But I think what Russ has to do is recognize that, like, okay, they're not going to give me the foul. Maybe I shouldn't just hurt myself into the paint again, which I think he has done a lot in the first, you know, 20 or so games. Um, But he was just way better about getting better looks and, you know, moving in space in the second half, too. And it, it always helps when the jumper is on. I just don't rely on Russ's jumper. And I don't even think you rely on Russ's jumper really, do you? No, only his mid-range off the glass. That elbow, uh, left elbow off the glass. I'm like, I'm okay with that shot. It's fucking money. I don't understand why that's the only shot he can hit consistently. Like, but yeah. That in a corner three, I think from the right corner, he's been pretty good from there too. It's, It's weird with him. Like, I've heard this about uh, jump shooters who have like a, a high vertical leap. They say it's like more difficult for them, but it's supposed to like get better as you get older. But Westbrook's jump, like, you know, his jump shot's not getting better. <laughs> it is, got it is worse vertic- as he got older. And his vertical is still pretty big. You know what I mean? Like he's still yeah. a super athlete. athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I think his, his jumper is going to continue to to not be reliable this entire season. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, he's got to be able to get to the rim to, to score efficiently points in the paint is, is, is bread and butter. Yeah. And to get to the rim, I think Frank needs to play, you know, the best lineups that he can for that. Um, they actually were doing well and they were making a run when it was too big on the floor. So it was Davis and it was Dwight, Dwight Howard. Howard. We got a shout out Dwight. Look at this plus 27, 13 rebounds, two blocks, and he two was steals. Just, he was so a freaking, four stocks. Yeah, he was a freaking monster tonight. Um, the guy, the guys that really stuck out like a sore thumb, and the plus minus reflects this. Talon Horton Tucker didn't do so hot tonight, and our boy DeAndre Jordan, who doesn't do so well. I think he's had one good quarter out of like maybe sixty quarters that we've had of basketball yeah. this year. I think DeAndre Jordan's been washed for like five years. Been two or three <laughs> years, man. And there was a video I should have had it pulled up, but there was a video where you see DeAndre having a spirited conversation with Frank, probably about his minutes. This is right after he pulls DeAndre for Dwight. Um, and I'm like, what do you have to bitch about, dude? You've you played like ass. Like you're most of the time you're just 
hurting the team more than you're helping them. But you keep getting these starting jobs. And I don't know why Frank keeps going to you. But look at this, man. Four minutes for DeAndre. He only got one shot off. He was minus four. But I missed the first couple minutes of the first quarter. But I just saw everybody bitching about DeAndre Jordan. But that's been the story all year, man. DeAndre Jordan, when are we going to cut this guy? Yeah, I don't understand why he starts. Uh, Dwight it is, should start. It's pretty clear after this type of game. It's truly you're perplexing. Go well, I'll tell you what. Um, you asked me this earlier. Uh, you're saying, like, who does Russ need to play with um, for this thing to work? Mm-hmm. And the answer has always been and will always be AD plays at the five and Carmelo plays the four. And then you, f- you fill in Malik Monk and uh, oh, fucking, you know, LeBron would be great at the three. You know what I mean? I like um, Russ with the, with the defensive-minded guard in his backcourt. Someone like Reeves. Like, I hope they just keep giving Reeves playing time, man, because he is, Re- is Reeves good or is he good in spots? Because, you know what I mean? Like one play, you know, uh, I, have no- I have notes on this. Like, you know, midway through the second quarter here, it's like a it's a lot of Reeves. Like Russ sits down eight minutes left second quarter um, and Reeves has a, you know, bailout possession shot he takes. Doesn't get it. Gets back on defense. Team creates a turnover. He gets a layup transition uh, two. You know what I mean? Um, and he plays plays fiery. You know, with 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 Russ off the floor, and then um, Russ gets back on the floor. Reeves is playing with him, and it's like the guy is a little timid, intimidated, or something like this. Um, I don't know if it's like when the starters are out there. It, he gets a little intimidated, like, cause that's usually when Russ is up on the floor. Um, or if it's like the teammates that he's playing with, um, I don't know. Reeves is an interesting character to me. I hope that he plays more consistently better play to play, um, because he can look really, really good. And then he can turn the ball over, um, on a silly, um, yeah that i think that comes from just being this is his first year in the league it's his first year he's a rookie you know what i mean like is he really really gonna be good like yeah like for a guy who's 17 minutes from what we've seen like in the first 10 15 games before he got hurt with a hamstring injury and he was out for a couple after that he's probably the only guy that tries on every possession which is kind of sad but he's the only guy that's always gonna bust his ass on defense like caruso used to i mean our team, if they have the will to do it, that's another question, but they're just like too fucking old sometimes. So maybe they don't have the physical capability to bust their ass in a game against maybe a meaningless opponent. And I think they should. I think my team should always play hard. But I know Reeves is hungry and he's got everything to prove right now. Um, I think he plays pretty smart, man. And I think him being so defensively minded, I think he's a great pairing next to Russ. And I honestly think like if I had my ideal starting lineup, 80 at the five, I'd probably go Russ Reeves and hopefully Arizo if he's looking good. And then LeBron and AD. I think that's my starting five. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Ariza is 57 years old. Bear that in mind. <laughs> and uh, he missed 17 threes in a row um, in <laughs> a bizarre basketball game that he lost to the Warriors, which will be forever remembered. Um and uh, I don't know about Trevor Ariza being in anybody's ideal starting lineup in the year I, 2021. I kind of agree with you on that. This is me being a little too hopeful. 
Okay, who are our other wings? Um, That's the thing. It's THT. THT is the guy Bazemore that they kept. The they guy. fucking well, yeah. Baysmore is going to give you zero points and six rebounds, and that's what his role is. And that's okay. Good yeah. defense. He's got good defense, supposedly. However, I saw a lot of guys drive by him in the Lakers games that I watched. Um, specifically, the Mamas boys are really giving it to Baysmore. Um, and I was like, after that game, it just seemed like Baysmore wasn't the same. The Mamas um, boy? Who's that? Oh, Portland. Uh, Lillard and McCollum. Um, when he would switch on to them, it was just like you know, baseline drive. Why? Where's the Mamas boys coming? I've never heard of that. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's that's uh, that's the nickname that I know for them. Uh, Jalen and Jacoby podcast. Oh, um, yeah. I used to listen to will, Jalen and Jacoby. We'll recognize the Mamas boys handle. Um, the Mamas boys handle. That sounds like a Jalen <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, you know, it's like the Splash Brothers. They got the Mamas boys. The Mama's Boys handle. And, I, and I, uh, Cleveland has Sexland. They got Sexland, <laughs> I know. Dude, um, um, yeah, I haven't watched Jalen Jacoby in a minute, but I used to back in the day when they were on Grantland. Oh, yeah, I'm a loyal podcast listener. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, why, that's why I'm happy to be here on the pod, uh, doing my part to support the podcasting community. Um, yeah, man. I want to I take a look at um, just thinking about the last, like, in this groove that Russ is clearly in right now. He's, you know, I think when he's why he's in such a group is because he's got a lot more space to work with. I think in the times where Vogel doesn't trot out a really shit lineup, it just seems like he's got more space driving to the rim. He's just making better decisions on when to drive, you know, when to facilitate, when to facilitate a little bit. And when he goes on these really good stretches, he's just kind of making his layups. He's not trying to force the issue too much, which he really did a lot in the very early season. It was really tough to watch. Those are the kinds of things I see from Russ. And there's this famous meme on a uh, Twitter of it's a calendar and it's got Russell Westbrook, you know, above it. And then it shows like October through December. And it says, just like a little line says, this is the worst basketball player I've ever seen. And then December to January, it just says, Oh, and then <sighs> January to April. It's like, this is the greatest basketball player I've ever seen. And then April onward, it's just like a depressing face of the guy that wants to kill himself. <laughs> this this format is kind of how I've been viewing Russ, and it's been looking kind of true, although it might be a little early for that, you know, Russ hot streak. Um, I'm starting to see the little things that Russ does on the court where he starts to look a little more comfortable in the offense and stuff. But as a longtime viewer of him, what are the kinds of things you see from Russ that signify, oh, he's getting into a groove. He's starting to figure things out. Yeah, I think um, basically what you're saying is he's ahead of schedule. Um, yeah, by saying that he's seemingly. in a groove now, you know what I mean? Assuming like way keeps up. Yeah, like way ahead of schedule. Um, and so that means obviously a myth, and that's not how it is. And there's you know a few seasons where it was like kind of true or whatever. <laughs> and the fucking early round playoff losses are fucking heartbreaking to watch when you're you know, Thunder fan. And, you know, I was rooting for them uh, against the Thunder. Um, you know what I mean? Like in the bubble uh, and then to Rocket see them Thunder. just get fucking demolished, you know, next round was just like, oh, okay, guess they're going to get swept and they're going to blow up in Houston too. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, he thing about Russ is he really does play that way every night. Um, and, you know, larger, basketball person and so when he's on the basketball floor like he's not necessarily um 
doing the safest thing to uh secure the win you know what i mean he's <laughs> he he is giving the people which you kind of got to do in the playoffs which he's which... he's giving the people a show you know what i mean like <laughs> they know that he knows that the people want to see him run fast jump high get dunks hit threes you know what i mean like and so he's going to give you all of that um and he thinks he's a good shooter that's the thing that's the thing about russ that has always been true is that he thinks he's a good shooter and he's always going to shoot some. And I think what we're seeing now is like, I want to jump in real quick. I think he knows, I think he knows he's not a good shooter. Now I've I've seen some post game quotes and just by him, he really, a lot of the time shoots it when he's like wide fucking open, when they're begging him to shoot it. And when the offense just needs something, he's kind of just like, okay, fuck it. Fine. I'll throw it up. Yeah. Yeah. But I think a lot of the time he looks for, those drives to the rim because that's what he's good at. It's the problem this year has been Vogel's just putting out these bad lineups that are just crowding the paint yes. and not not letting Russ shine, not letting him do his thing. And, uh, you know, Dwight, his stat line is great tonight. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of Dwight highlights. But he played so bad. He's such a bad player. Like in in moments in the first half, I was like, I was shaking my head and closing my eyes. I could not watch Dwight Howard fuck something up so bad. Like several Dwight, re- was he playing in the first half? Several, yeah. So, when Russ was sitting down, Dwight was in, and I have a uh, a few Dwight uh, you know, right after eight minutes, a Dwight turnover off of a THT pass. Um, THT unathletic beta uh, Reeves Chad. That's where um, Reeves definitely like made that layup uh, in transition uh, off so of a THT, THT brick. He's definitely a fucking Chad. You should watch him some more. Yeah, he, I know. He he's just so, shit, he's, he's yeah. These last few games Look, he's been trash. I'll give you I, that. I think he's got something going on or something like that. You know what I mean? Like a, a lingering foot injury, hand injury, stub well, his, toe. His thumb. He had surgery on it. And then he. Yeah. Yeah, he some, smacked it again, and after that, he's been on this cold streak. It just seems like he's in pain out there. Like he's, uh, yeah, I don't know. He did kind but, of tweak his but, knee this game too. Anyways, but, what were you saying? But yeah, but Dwight, uh, you know what I mean? Like he's got a great stat line tonight. He's not a good basketball player in today's NBA. He's dirty as fuck, and um, I just don't, I don't like think he's to, dirty. I think he's oh, he's like the dirtiest the, player in the NBA. Let's I not think Jake. Words. Jay Crowder is way more fucking dirty than Dwight Howard. <laughs> Jay Crowder is the dirtiest player in the league right now, personally. <laughs> Dwight doesn't really injure people. He'll play rough, and that's just kind of how big guys got to play because the, the game is officiated differently. This is something my friend Phil kind of pointed me out to. Um, if you're a guy on the perimeter versus a guy like Jokic banging in the post, you're just officiated differently. The, the whistle is way more inconsistent. And you're kind of just allowed to kind of rough people around a little more. But if you're a guard and they're changing this a little bit this year, you do the littlest thing. You can initiate contact and you'll get the fucking foul. It's just a different game for big men, dude. Man. Uh, all right. Here's an example. But we should, dro- we should drop it. We should agree to disagree and drop it. But uh, yeah. Um, Dwight will just stand in the paint. Next time you're watching Dwight play just on defense, just like watch how long he'll stand in the paint. It's a lot longer than three seconds. Like that's not uh, malicious, dirty, but he's cheating. He's out there. He's out there getting any advantage that he can. 
He knows say, he knows I'd the advantages that he can get away with. That, dude. The refs never yeah. call they, they call the yeah. three seconds so inconsistently. So inconsistently. It's just it's just an example. It's, it's just really it's just like men, it. a mentality. It's a mentality he plays with. Oh, I don't I don't think a guy standing for a three second violation means they're a dirty player, but I think yeah. that yeah. he yeah. does yeah. he does foul a lot, but I mean that's only his real he's just kind of clumsy with the fouls, I'd say. Yeah. Um, um, when I watched him turn the wrong way on a rebound that he should have been able to clearly see bounce over his head, like I was just like, Dwight, come on, man. Like he has moments these, like this that. This is what you're here is, for. He has moments like that, which is why he's not like a full time player. But I thought, dude, yeah. the second half, um, he was freaking it, it, incredible. And everyone was shit in the first half. I mean, I wasn't watching Dwight super closely in the first half, but I believe yeah. if you say there were some shitty plays because everyone was shit. Honestly. There was there was kind of a funny moment to start the second half where um, Westbrook was bringing the ball up the court and Dwight was setting a screen for him. And uh, AD was kind of trotting across to also set a screen. And Russ is like waving Dwight away. He's like, get the fuck out of the way. Like, I'm trying to get a pick and roll with AD. <laughs> Dwight is just standing there like, what? Yeah. Uh, bro, just, like, the team pick just and roll with me, man. Like, let's take them. Like. The team you know just I mean? is not was not on the same page, and there's been so many games where they haven't been on the same page, dude. Um, yeah, but and- yeah, Russ is doing it. You know what I mean? Like he's he he goes to the he's able to go to these new teams. This is sort of the big theme with him, and transform the culture. He he's a three a.m. club guy. You know what I mean? He's a total like lock, stock, and barrel. Do everything for your health, guy. Um, he's big on like team bonding and team dinners and, um, giving back to the community and stuff like that. Um, and he's got a lot of other things that that are going on and eventually people latch onto that and feed off of his energy. And I think you can kind of see with all these veterans, just the personalities, they're just like, are we really going to like follow Russell Westbrook? And now they're kind of like, yeah, he's pretty great. Like that's what happened in Washington. You heard Beal say it like it was his best teammate ever. Um, he's not talking about the quality of the guy's basketball play. You know, like John Wall at his peak, you know, he wouldn't say that they're any different type of player. Like they basically were the same at that point in their careers. Um, it was, it's because of the dude's work ethic and the way that he lives his life and how, how he's able to like lead a basketball team. Um, yeah. And LeBron's the leader of the Lakers. And that's why it's weird. That's why it's weird when LeBron's out. Because it's like, well, LeBron's our leader. We can't follow Russ, can we? And then they're like, oh, wait, yeah. He's still here. Like, you know what I mean? I, it's, feel, I feel like it's, it's like a, pretty a weird seamless, thing. It, it is kind of weird when you have them both on the, same, on the same court at the same time because of the way they've been, you know, the way they've been brought up with their whole teams and, you know, the way they're, the way their teams have worked around them in the past. Yeah. They, they were both so focal in the offenses um, that featured them. Uh, on the sub, on the subject of you know just culture and work ethic, I'd say the Lakers already had that. They had a really hardworking team, and they won a championship. They were the best team in 2019-20, and then you know maintained that focus, kind of got them focused in the bubble in the beginning, but you know took that to a championship. I'd say the culture is already there. But this is also a completely different fucking team. Most of those guys are gone. That's what I'm saying. Eighty percent, totally five percent of the team. guys are gone. Um, I'd say, yeah, between I, I was excited at the idea of Russ and LeBron. You know, they're both insane work ethics, and I hope I don't know much about AD's work ethic, but 
I hope he it's gotta be gets, good. I, I hope he gets to that LeBron level someday. Player. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, um, I agree. I agree. I forgot. I lost my train of thought. Um, the big thing I was excited about with Russ coming here was this is why this reg this regular season win. This is the the common phrase is this is why you trade for Russ because he'll help you, he'll power you to these wins. And but there's been a few opportunities where we haven't had LeBron. And we've had chances to, okay, Russ and AD, take over. You guys are superstars. Let's do it. And they haven't done it. And they've lost to people like the OKC Thunder twice. And they've taken bad losses to the Kings with LeBron. And so that's what's been so alarming. Why can't they, why can't those two with, you know, shooters with good offensive guys be enough to get these wins? Um, If the game was going to follow the trend of the first half, that was about to be depressing, scary, and annoying. But, you know, I thankfully Russ is starting to find his groove, man, and we're able to get these wins and let Russ do his thing. I just wonder how it's going to happen in the playoffs. That's still my big thing with Russ. I think um, to, you know, start another idea. Do you remember this story? Did you ever hear the story about Russ where they changed the amount of time you could take between free throws before you could take as much time you want between free throws? But then they shortened it to like 10 seconds or something. And that kind of messed up Russ's free throw. I heard this on the Low Post podcast. Did you ever hear that? I don't. I didn't nope. hear that on the, the Low Post. I do listen to the Low Post. Uh, it was a while ago. Yeah, yeah to, but to uh, summarize it really quick. Um, they so they just they made the people taking free throws just have a set limit. So okay, you can only wait ten seconds. What Russ liked to do in the past was he'd walk from the free throw line and he walked like to half court. And that was kind of his routine. And Russ is really big on routine. But once his routine got interrupted, his free throw shooting kind of started sucking. I think this was the first year they got Paul George in OKC. Mm. It was around that time. Um, that and Russ's troubles in the playoffs kind of gives me the impression that he, you know, he always tries his ass off, which is why I've always been a big Russ fan and Russ appreciated in the past. But I think part of why he's had a rough time in the playoffs is he hasn't been very adaptable. Something like that free throw story about how, oh, I can't do my routine of walking the half court line and back because it takes too long. Is that going to mess my free throw percentage? That, you know, that's just a little example of adaptability, but also, you know, his playoff record and stuff makes you wonder, okay, if teams start throwing different schemes at him, but he knows this is the way to succeed right here. This is what I'm going to keep doing. If a team throws a wrench in that, is he going to be able to adapt? That's my big question leading in. I think that's what you have LeBron for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like that, that's uh, why that's why it's Russ just is like you said, you have team. Russ for you have Russ for tonight and you have LeBron for June seventeenth. Um I'm glad you, know you said I mean. it. Yeah, because I, I agree uh, with that. Yeah. <laughs> LeBron has proven four times that he can solve four puzzles in a row um and not get hurt while he's doing it. And Russ put up like I'm gonna misquote the stat line, but it's like 35, 15, and nine in a losing game to rookie Donovan Mitchell. Uh, you know what I mean? Like against the Jazz in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like this Russ is was the, pretty. This wild is the last the last Paul George year. I think it was rookie Donovan Mitchell, and it was. Um, I think the last one was against Portland with the big game shot. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I I blacked that 
out of my memory. I clearly. bet you did. <laughs> oh boy, that was a bad day to be a Russ and Thunder fan, man. The that National was... Day of Mourning for Russ Dance. That one hurt my soul pretty There's bad. a monument for it, I bet. <laughs> oh, oh, God, I had to get a tattoo. I actually had to get a tattoo <laughs> for that. Um, but yeah, I, you know, he he's going to play great every playoff game. Um, it's whether or not his team wins. And I don't know if Russ really understands how to like solve the puzzle of like, my team is going to score more points than your team because we're going to do this plan. Russ is like, I'm going to score the basketball right now in this possession. (laughs) You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like he's, I don't know if he has the think 10 steps ahead mentality because that's how LeBron plays. You can tell he's a fucking chess master out there. I'd agree with you big time. And that's kind of an observation I've had based on the first, you know, 10 or 15 games. So he was really struggling in that era. Um, yeah. I was like, Russ just kind of isn't really, as you said, thinking like a couple steps ahead. he's literally just barreling in there or just taking a bad shot or just, if he barrels in there, he's just kind of throwing it a little recklessly. I think you kind of summed it up pretty well there about being 10 steps ahead and a chess master. So that's the big thing with Russ. He's never been a third star like this. You know, we have AD and LeBron who are clearly above him in the backing order like that. Wow. Um, I guess he was. No, he was like the second star with Harden and KD because that was before Harden really got big. Um, uh, he was the leader of the team. When, yeah, he was the emotional he, leader of the team for sure. When when they went to the finals, he was the leader of the team. And if you go back and look at the stats, he's got like 40-point games in there. And it's, it's silly. I was a Russell Westbrook fan back then, and it was so hard to defend him when he's taking more shots than the scoring champion. Than KD. For yeah. multiple years in a row. He's taking like... KD is like multi-year scoring championship you know, <laughs> winner, and this fucking guy is jacking up 27 shots a game some nights. And yeah. it's like, I love you, Russ. I just love you. <laughs> You just respect the fucking unabashed rustness of yeah. his like fucking of the way he's doing it, man. <laughs> because when he like he's still this way. When he when he's like really feeling the flow of the game and he's feeling the crowd and he shoots a three and he makes it, that's peak Russ emotion right there. And that's what I feel like that's what he's always chasing. You know what I mean? He always wants to make that like big three other team calls timeout like you know he's stomping around the court like that's that's his favorite thing the lakers uh, want that too he just needs to do it at the right time and if it's not working he needs to lay off that shit yeah and uh you're right sometimes he forces the issue and he's not a guy who likes to lose um this will not be a team that misses the playoffs uh the way the lakers kind of missed it last year you know playing tournament bullshit well that was because um, of injuries i mean i think yeah it would have beaten phoenix in five or six personally because they match up so well with phoenix if they got them in the first round 100 they shouldn't have been in the plan and uh oh yeah i mean injuries and just kind of bad chemistry last year yeah and russ in washington was also in the playing tournament um well, he was i had it, i had no idea <laughs> yeah man lizards, yeah man. I, I had no clue uh oh dude i watched i watched i try to watch almost all the playoffs to be honest with you like i won't watch every game of every series especially first round because there's just way too many but the first um, round can be fun if you get some good matchups 
but I'll watch a game from every series for sure. Um, especially mm-hmm. if it's like game five and it's two, two or something like that. Some series that I hadn't picked up before, but anyway, um, yeah, dude, like Russ is not going back to that play in tournament because he played a bad game, um, against the Celtics when, uh, you know, he was, they were, they were the seven seed. So it was like, if you lose one, you could still play the winner of the eight or of the nine, 10, um, and so lose that first game. He comes back. It's like 38 and like 15 and 12. You know what I mean? Like he fucking dominated the Pacers. Like fuck them. Um, <laughs> and so. <laughs> the Washington uh, won, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then they and then they basically, I think it was a gentleman's sweep in the first round. It might have been a true sweep. I don't know. I, tr- I tend to block out those things. Um, yeah. <laughs> As one reasonably should. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. But he, you know, he did not like. The post-game interview after that loss to the Celtics, he was like, it's not going to happen again. And I'm never mm-hmm. going to be in this position again, was basically what he said in the interview. Um, so he'll there'll be a six-seater higher. You know, I feel like that's going to be good enough playoff positioning for them to not get fucked in the first round and have to play the Suns or the Warriors and maybe get shot out of the gym. Yeah, um, unfortunately. I was last year heading into the first round. I was like, oh, we can beat these bitches. But this yeah. year, we don't have the same team. And they're the Suns. The Suns' strengths directly counter our fucking weaknesses, which are perimeter defense. It's going to be the same story. Like Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and, uh, you know, campaign. They, they're going to kill us from the perimeter unless we get a lot better or, you know, make some moves, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm uh, nervous about a Suns matchup, and last oh, year I was very confident you about it. Should be, You should be. Yeah, the Suns <laughs> beat the Warriors tonight, and uh, they did it without Devin Booker in the second half. who's their best player the lakers have so far to go we can touch on the suns and warriors a bit i i didn't miss that game but you know the hours leading up to the Lakers game i was like oh the suns and warriors are playing now those are two real contenders right that's the marquee matchup of the of the of the week um yeah that that basically decided the power ranking number one position um you know what? I've got some stuff written about it here. Um, you know, in direct competition with the Lakers, everyone's TV is on TNT. Battle between Chris Paul and Steph Curry. Outcome decides the power ranking number one overall. Fantastic basketball. The ball movement, incredible. The speed of the game, incredible. The number of shots up and the number of shots made, just exquisite to watch. Um, conflicting styles. You know what I mean? Like, it's a way different team makeup. Like, the Warriors don't even have a big like that like they have draymond green and deandre ayton is deandre ayton is fucking seven over seven feet tall and can move and can shoot and can pass and he was giving them trouble wasn't he he dominated he dominated over i think he was uh i don't have it pulled up because i've got the lakers stats pulled up but um you know he's over 25 points uh you know over 12 rebounds um he averages that you know what i mean and and he did better than his averages tonight um so hooray for a sort of traditional point guard traditional big uh you know traditional shooting guard you know you got your defensive wing uh mccall bridges and uh mishmash of people at the four yeah um, it's such a difference in you know i don't, I don't want to say i don't know talent because maybe we have more you know talent at the top but the Warriors and the Suns are just such well-oiled machines at this point. You have Draymond and Steph, and you've got some. They got some better role players. They got Iggy back. They know what the fuck they're doing. They know how they're to all, play. 
they're, they're all playing for each other. You can see for it. Each other. They're all younger. The same with the Suns. They have the same fucking team that went to the finals last year. It might have been a bogus finals run because, you know, other, oh, other healthy the blasphemy. Oh, my God. Dude, bogus they, finals run. My guy. My God. Because the Suns are good. I don't think they would have gotten by the healthy Lakers, the healthy Nuggets, or the healthy Clippers. Hey, hey. But they're good. We got by who we got by. <laughs> I say we. Oh, so I'm, not, I'm, not even a, I'm not even a Suns fan. I just live in Phoenix. Yeah. But I was, but I watched all the Suns games at local bars. And so you feel a little camaraderie with you. You were an enjoyer of the Suns, right? Hey, man, if the Suns are my team, I would be, you know, I'd be pushing the agenda too. Oh, yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, I might not be a fan, but they're the team getting all my money. You know, when I go to a basketball game, it's a Suns game. Yeah. Um, and, um, uh, yeah, also, by the way, $192 to get in the door tonight. I, I almost went to the game. Um, oh, my God. Because it was kind of like, oh, shit, I'm going to talk myself into this. Wait, but where were the seats? Dude, that's like fucking nosebleeds. Nosebleeds like northwest, northwest, northwest corner section, like 27 or whatever. You Dude, know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's, you're, not even, you're not even on the lower bowl. Like Steph Curry in town, that's the kind of price you get, dude. 660 to get down to the lower bowl. What the fuck? Those are like Laker prices, man. Uh, yeah, the Sun Stadium is a great place to watch basketball. We should probably should probably come out here. We should get one. Uh, I got um family. Lakers, the Lakers Suns will yeah. not be as expensive as a game <laughs> as the Lakers Warriors or the <laughs> Suns Warriors. It um, it might be just because LeBron. If LeBron's playing, um, and if the Lakers get a little better, I don't even think they'll need to get better. Well. For example, Staples Center, where the Lakers have been playing, now Crypto.com Arena, but I haven't gotten used to that at all. Even when we were, yeah, even when we were shit, the prices were still really high. So even when like Kobe was hurt, even when Robert Sacre was starting, they still charged a lot of money. And I think they're still going to do that with Phoenix because they're going to be like, oh, it's the Lakers, LeBron, AD, Russ, come on, bro. 200 for nosebleeds. You know how we do. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably, but uh, but yeah, the yeah, the Suns look really fucking good, and the Warriors look like they're already. I would have said the best team, but you know the Suns beat them tonight, so the Suns are the best team. We'll see what happens. They play again in two days in Golden State. So uh, two days back to back. So yeah, when when they changed the schedule last year, they did started doing this thing where they have these like short series where teams play each other multiple times in shorter spans of time. And what it does, the theory behind it is it limits their contacts with other players. So it's safer from a COVID spreading standpoint, you're having less contacts and they've kept it because the players liked it. Um, and I think it's kind of cool because it kind of gives a little like, Oh, you guys got us, you know, earlier in the week, but we're going to get you on the weekend. Um, type of stuff like that's what happened here with the Lakers and the Kings they played them day after Thanksgiving in the fucking turkey bowl um, where yeah. everyone's stomach was fucking bulging out of their uniform and nobody wanted to play basketball and then they had to play so many overtimes that they almost threw up I know uh, right you know what I'm saying like now the Lakers were like you fucking assholes made us run that shit like we ain't doing that tonight boys like second half you yeah and they did it without LeBron too man so yeah Russ wanted to digest that that meal better. He was like, you know what? I'm giving it to him. I'm giving it to him in the second half. Yeah. Um, I think uh, for me, that's about 
all I got to say for the pod. You got any uh, parting thoughts tonight? Just that um, the Nets are the opposite of the Lakers. They have cutters instead of shooters. And I think it'll be fascinating to see the season play out and see which what the results are of having those two different team makeups with these like diverse stars. It, both teams have three superstars. Kyrie comes back. Um, which, with the Omicron variant and him not wanting to get vaccinated, I wonder if we're going to see him at all this year. God, I, I just hope he's a bro. And it's just like, I like, let's win. You know what I mean? I hope he's just like, cause you know what he's doing right now? He's like sitting back. He's like, yeah, you know, they're like, they were 10 and four. Or I don't know what they are now, but um, he's probably like, they don't even fucking need me in the regular season. I'll come back. Like I'll get vaccinated on like Valentine's day. And like the heart emoji on my fucking Instagram account. That'd be pretty um, funny. If uh, there's some just big ESPN story just with like behind the scenes shit about Kyrie watching the nets, like at home and then him being <laughs> like, you know, they look pretty good. Maybe I'll make it March, you know, I'll get the vaccine yeah. and then, yeah. that should happen he's got it all planned he's gonna like write a book or some bullshit yeah but uh but yeah that's what i'm that's what i'm watching moving forward it's it's uh it's it's really cool to watch the nets too because their style is also totally different than what golden state and phoenix are doing it's all iso ball with cutters who cut when somebody's posted up um yeah. that's their whole offense and they just fucking blow teams out like their offense is so good <laughs> um and uh yeah that was funny to hear bullshit 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 calls from the fans chanting after refs are blowing the whistle in favor of the nets on a nets home game there's that many knicks fans there Damn. the fucking that's TV like lakers network you can't even censor that shit it's so loud i know that's kind of how lakers and clippers games are here clippers <laughs> yeah. home games are basically 60% lakers fans yeah. that's just how the city gets down yeah um, yeah Real quick, I guess, since you brought it up, who is – since you brought up the Nets, do you have a finals pick? Who do you think we're going to see in the finals? Um, honestly, uh, I think I'd rather give, like, my top four. You know what I mean? Kind of how Zach Lowe does it. Sure. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I think it's, like, Heat, Bucks in the East. Mm. Um, and I with the Nets without Kyrie and without a proper big – like they get, they aren't gonna fucking make it to the finals with Lamarcus Aldridge playing the five. You know what I'm saying? Like, no. That's why chance. I was really high on the Lakers matching up with them, man. Because the Nets can't protect the fucking rim. They have Lamarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, <laughs> Dude, and yeah, we are amazing at attacking the rim. So if yeah, we get our fucking rotations figured out, we should smack them. Oh yeah, dude. Like the Lake, the Lakers. Honestly, it would be a bad matchup for the Nets, even though the Nets couldn't shoot the lights out. Um, we can attack their weakness as well, and they can attack our weakness as well, which is it, defending the perimeter. It's a shame the seeding isn't just one through sixteen. And, I, uh, I've been and saying that east, for years, dude. Yeah, not east versus west. That would be really that'd be a really cool one because yeah, like a Nets Lakers series in the playoffs before the finals would be so fun to watch. Mm. But uh, yeah, and then in the West, it's Suns, and that's not a surprise. Everybody knows that they're the best team in the West. Um, they got the best record. They got the best win streak. They just beat the other best team. So it's the Suns and then it's the Warriors because Steph Curry is the MVP runaway. Um, and 
they get to add Clay Thompson for free later this year. And um, I really don't think that he's going to allow what happened to him before happen again, where he like, he had an injury. Um, he came back. His other leg was weaker. Whatever happened, happened. He got a, he got a secondary injury as a result of the first. Was that the same leg, the Achilles as the ACL? Yeah. I yeah. believe so. I believe so. Um, but you know how it goes. It's like, you know, that other leg gets weakened because it's bearing more of the load and then you end up having to try to use that leg and then it fucking goes. Um, so he's not going to do that. He's not going to let that happen to him again. He's not actually that old. His body can't heal. And so he's going to come back full strength this time. And he's going to stay that way is, is my prediction. I don't think he's going to like go too hard. Um, early in his comeback because he basically didn't take any rest like the last time he came back it was just like into the regular season and then oh there it went um and so i think now he's going to like be more patient with it um if he has a setback he's going to accept it um and he'll be there for the playoffs which is all they need him for um and he's it's not like he's going to be hard for them to slot in he's literally the best catch and shoot guy to ever fucking live. <laughs> all he has to, system better than Steph too. I mean, all he has to do is stand on the court, <laughs> like somewhere, and they're going to throw he the runs ball. Runs a lot too. He's a great relocator. You know, I think I think he's got. We we, we got to temper our expectations with what kind of defense Clay Thompson is going to play. Yep, but um, for their offensive schemes. Uh, all he has to do is stand on the court and they will throw him the ball and he will put it in the basket. And that is unfair to get he, to add. He just needs to get to like a decent baseline level of defense. I, we can't expect old clay defensively, but piggybacking off what you said, I think because of the clay thing, I think the Warriors are my pick too for the finals. And I love pushing the Laker agenda, but I haven't seen enough to think that we're going to be a consistent enough team you know, we could still, you know, pull it together or make a trade or something. They got a, they got a trade to make. They have a trade to make for sure. They have trade contracts. THT and none, I think, are our strongest pieces. And whatever scrap of a pick we have left, <laughs> yo, we yeah, could prob- we could probably get a wing with that. NBA, um, NBA legend Kendrick Nunn, uh, <laughs> due back soon. <laughs> Please. Every every news story we get about him is like, yeah, Kendrick Nunn, he's alive. He ain't coming back soon, though. <laughs> it's always never good, dude. It's, it's not. Like, it's not good to anticipate the return of like a third-year six-one guard. And it's like they're saying it's a it's a bone bruise. I know those things can be rough, but shit, man, he's a young guy. I, I wish we could see him soon. They're making yeah. it sound like it ain't gonna be soon. Same with Ariza. It's it feels um, countercultural and wrong and mean almost to not mention a LeBron team as a finals contender, even as it, like it just doesn't feel right. Doesn't it? Like I felt weird saying, I think the Warriors are probably going to the finals, but I, I would not be surprised if LeBron just made some fucking miracle happen though. If LeBron um, suddenly becomes not old, <laughs> if he drinks an anti-aging potion and uh, can suddenly play long stretches of games without getting hurt, um, totally different situation. Same with AD. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like those two guys, the way that they play, um, they just get hurt. 
And uh, if they are, in LeBron's case, too old to heal quickly, um, and in AD's case, too big to heal quickly, um, then it's going to be a problem. And uh, a lot of it comes down to health, too, with the Lakers, man. It's like not only the team shit we're dealing with, but the health of our stars. We saw the health of our stars tank our team last year. And honestly, yes. our fucking role players got hurt, too, because they're worn out from the bubble. Um, I do, regarding AD's health, he is always, like, questionable because of some nick or bruise. But I think I always like to give him credit because he does play through a lot of pain. I think he's only missed one game this year so far. LeBron's, I, LeBron's I've actually two. noticed that he has shown more durability this year. Um, he seems to whine less. And uh, I think you know how, like, most players – Will release some shit on their social media like i put on 15 pounds of muscle this off season um you know what i mean or something like that he actually looks like he did um he, he did. said I think he it said might be he put it on his shot. upper body and i his his shoulders were already fucking huge and they are bigger um yeah. and his neck looks thicker and i don't know like sometimes i watch him and i'm like he used to move better and then i watch him back people down and i'm like eh. It's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. He's stronger. And if he's any more durable because he did that, 100%, that is a huge. Because, like, that's why the narrative is AD is a Nixon Cuts guy, because that's been his career so far. He's still fucking young. What is he, 25, 26? 28. So 28. he's like hitting, oh, he's hitting his prime uh, he's right hit, now. He, he's, yeah. All right. Yeah. So, he, now, any, anywho, um, yeah. The Lakers are outside the top four teams in the NBA. Um, Unfortunately, we all thought it would take some time for us to get um, get it all figured out. But it's always different when you see the ugly shit happen right in front of your face. That's when yeah. you start getting nervous and everything. But um, no, going into the season, I knew, okay, we're not going to be able. And if someone gets hurt, we're really not going to be able to get a full picture of this team's strength. We got to wait till like middle of winter, man. Like the way Westbrook integrates into teams and stuff. It's going to take time, and it's, it's, not, time. it's not really a entertaining notion, really. It's just a matter of fact, just going to take time, just going to be fucking slow. Um, but thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate the Westbrook talk and just the general NBA talk we could have. Uh, we'll do this again soon, my man. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, happy to be here, and uh, hey, all Laker fans, uh, it's, it's not the end of the world. If we don't pick you, you can still make the finals. It's a There's a possibility. <laughs> Uh, there is a possibility. I still got to push that Laker agenda, man. I ain't, <laughs> I ain't ruling us out yet. You got Thanks AD and LeBron. Man. Hey, peace out. Yep.